How we doing, guys? It's good to see y'all. Y'all came for food tonight, didn't you? I see. I know. Man, what a, what a crazy week, right? With all the ice, I hope you were able to kind of just enjoy uh, being at home. I know some of you look at it as being stuck, but we don't often get rest like that, so hopefully you had some time in your house. And I can't believe that it's already February. Like, it just seems like Christmas was just here. We went through Christmas, and now January's gone, and man, time is flying, right? So, this last several weeks, we've been in a sermon series called Focus 23, and we've been talking about prayer, really setting a tone for this year in prayer. And even though that sermon series is over, I just want to encourage each and every one of you to continue to press in in prayer this year. Man, that is our, our lifeline to talking to God, Him hearing us, Him answering our prayers. And so I just want to encourage you guys to stay in there. And I also want to extend an invitation. Through this time, hopefully you, you've kind of been more disciplined in prayer. You've seen the prayer wall. You've seen God answer prayers, I hope. And I just want to put out an invitation that if, if you're somebody who's interested in being one of our intercessors of prayer and continuing to pray for the requests that come in, or if you're interested in, in being part of our prayer team down front, you can use that QR code or that, that connection card in front of you. Uh, fill that out right on their prayer team. Put down what you're interested in. Give that to us and we'll get in touch with you and kind of start the process to talk about what that's like. But prayer is so huge. And so as we continue into this year, continue pressing in with prayer. Continue to watch God answer those prayers. And we're also kicking off that series today. That's really called Come and See, and we're going to be diving into a sermon series that's, that's really in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John in the New Testament. And, you know, really, we desire for people to come and see Jesus. That, that's why we do what we do. But not just come and see him, but to experience Jesus, to get to know who he is and, and why he came to this earth in the first place. And so, you know, I was thinking about Christmas. A lot of us know about Jesus, how he came as a babe, how he was lying in a manger, swaddling clothes, how the shepherds came to see him, how the wise men came to see him. And we understand that story. But today we're going to be diving in and listen to how John, to see what John says about Jesus' coming, what it really meant. Because it's one thing to believe he came, it's another to understand why he came. And so before we dive in today, will you guys just join me in prayer? Just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Lord, I, I just want right now to surrender myself and Holy Spirit, just uh, use your word and use me to speak truth. I just ask that each and every one of us would open up our hearts and our minds to you that we could... Jesus, see you in a new way, that we would have an understanding of, of why you came and what all that means to us. And Lord, I just pray that today, by your spirit, if somebody doesn't know you who's listening, you would just draw them unto yourself. And that you would lead us not into just a, a knowledge of, but a relationship with you. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at really that true significance of Jesus' coming to earth. And one of the key passages that we're going to focus on is John 1.14, which says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Isn't that what we learned through Christmas with Jesus? He came to earth and he dwelt right here on earth among us. Jesus uh, is referred to as the Word. The Word became flesh. So let's take a look for a minute at this, this word that's referenced to Jesus. And in the Greek, the word means logos. And this would have been a really common word when this book was written. It would have been common for both the Gentiles and the Jews. And so first I want us to look at the Gentiles. Those, those that weren't God's chosen people at the time when this book was written. And really it says logos was the term that was used for the cosmic force or the cosmic intelligence that created and was sustaining the universe. That's how the Gentiles looked at this word is there's some kind of being, there's some kind of force out there, but it, they didn't look at it as a person. Word didn't identify a person to them. But on the other hand, the Jews, it was a person. To the Jews, it was God. To the Jews, logos would be the word used for God, and this word had meaning. And in Hebrews 1.1, it says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So in the Old Testament, the word came and spoke to the prophets and then they communicated it to the people. And so when we look at the Old Testament and we look at this, this word, we find phrases like the word of the Lord came, this word of the Lord, or God revealed himself to. And this was in the form of the word, the word logos would have had significance to everyone at the time that this chapter was written. And so now when we read one, chapter 1 verse 14 and it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Everybody who heard that kind of perked up. They kind of are going, oh, what do you mean logos came and dwelt among us? Because this is kind of a foreign concept to them. This is a powerful statement. How can God become flesh or a man. This was unheard of. How can Jesus be God? I think people have always been really curious about the supernatural, right? Like this is supernatural that God could become man, and this person was claiming to be God. And so there's this supernatural. Greek mythology, a lot of people are really interested in Greek mythology and this supernatural piece, right? And you go back and study it. And then, how many of you ever have heard of Stranger Things? Okay, supernatural weird stuff, right? Or also, some of you like Marvel movies where you see people with supernatural strength and these with powers. And all I'm saying is, people back then were curious about the supernatural. But for somebody to come and say that they are God and they are flesh and on earth was just a foreign concept. Like it was hard to understand that concept. But this is exactly what John was saying. Jesus is Logos or the Word. Jesus is God. God became flesh and he dwelt among us. Do you realize that God never changes or, or is never growing because he is unchangeable? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what do we do when it says the Word became in this passage, the word became flesh. Well, this just means that God or Jesus took on humanity. But he remained fully God the entire time that he was here on earth. 
He never changed. He just took the form of a man. Jesus physically dwelt on this this planet for 33 years. All 33 years, he is fully God and fully man. The first 30, he was just kind of a regular guy. The last three, when his ministry started, he revealed himself as God, as the Messiah. We're going to look at three claims found in John 1 that proves Jesus is God. And I want to start by saying this. Jesus is pre-existent. He has always been. Jesus didn't begin when he, he became as a babe. And we're going to look at this. Let me remind you, he became flesh and dwelt among us. So, this means that in order for Jesus to become or take on flesh, he to, had to have been something else before that, correct? Because he took it on. This means that in order, we have to go back to the beginning of John chapter 1, verse 1, and let's read what it says. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning, the Word was with God. Jesus is the Word. He was with God. The statement shows that Jesus existed with God in the beginning, and Jesus has always existed before creation, right? Also, if all things were made through him, then, then we have to deduct that he existed before them in order to create them. Jesus is eternal. He is preexistent. There's a story where Jesus was talking to some Jews, and they were trying to figure out who this guy was, who Jesus was. They accused him of being demon-possessed because he was doing all these things. And Jesus let them know that he was not demon-possessed, but instead he was here to honor his father. Then he said, if you keep my words, you will never see death. Well, this kind of this blew him out of the water a little bit. They go back and they say, man, you're a demon. And it says, even Abraham the prophet died. So these Jews are going back to Abraham and they're saying, even the famous prophet Abraham, he died. And you're telling us that if you keep my word, you'll never die? Are you greater than our father Abraham? Then they finally asked the right question of Jesus. Who do you make yourself out to be? Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 56. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham like they're going, you're this young guy. What are you talking about? Abraham saw you and was glad about you being here. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus claims to be God, the great I am, who has always been. Not only was Jesus preexistent, but he was also coexistent. Which means he was with God and is God. He coexisted with God. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And listen to this, and the Word was God. So it's not just that he was preexistent, but he coexisted with God. The word Jesus and God, the Father, coexisted from the beginning. 
They both had the same essence and nature, yet two different beings. They were both God and have been together for eternity. So Jesus was pre-existent, has always been, co-existent with God, and now Jesus is also self-existent, meaning in him is life. Well, what does this mean? This means Jesus wasn't created by God the Father or God the Spirit. He is self-sustaining. He has always been. He is his own life source. And not only that, he is the creator of all things that we know. It's through him that all things were created. We cannot comprehend this. He is life. He doesn't possess it. He is life. And I think that for us is mind-boggling, right? When we start thinking about Jesus, first of all, says, I'm the word and I dwelt among you. I am God. I am life and I dwelt among you. It's just hard to comprehend. John 5, 26 says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. God sustains himself has life, Jesus sustains, sustains himself and has life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All life is created through him. Let me give you something to think about for a second. All created things are becoming. They, they're moving, or if I can use the word evolving or changing. All created things are changing, okay? So here's what I mean. Did, did you guys look in the mirror today? I hope so, right? But when you look in that mirror, do you look the same as you did a year ago? Or five years ago? Or 20 years ago? Do you look the same or are you changing? Maybe you saw some gray in your hair or beard. Or, or maybe wrinkles in your face. Maybe um, your physique isn't what it used to be, right? And, or maybe your hair is falling out like mine. But 20 years ago, we looked different. And so we're changing. It's discouraging. We can't stop it. I, I'm sorry it's not going to change, right? If you're feeling discouraged, somebody, somebody turn to your neighbor and say, man, you look good. <laughs> All right, get you a little encouragement. So created things are changing and evolving all the time. How about, how about your car? Does your car look different than when you bought it? Maybe it runs a little different, a little rougher. Maybe it has a little dinks in it, whatever. But it's changing too, and it was created. What about your pets? Are your pets aging? Are they slower? What about, what about trees and plants? Are they growing? Are they evolving? Are they changing? They're created, right? Grass. Man, it either keeps on growing or it dies, one or the other, right? And so it's changing all the time. And I say that because created things are becoming something else. However, Jesus is self-existing and never changes. He's the same that he was for eternity. It's hard to understand, right? Yes, he aged while he was on planet earth. He chose to come and do that. In Exodus 3.14, God says that Moses, God said to Moses, I am who I am. I just am. And then we hear Jesus saying the same thing. I am. I am the great I am. 
that we can't box them into a creation or when they started or how they got here. They're God. And when we heard a moment ago Jesus say that I am the great I am, he's not created and he's not changing. So Jesus is pre-existent, right? He has always been. Jesus is coexistent. He, he is God and he's with God. Jesus is self-existent. In him is life. Have you ever pictured yourself being alive back when Jesus walked on earth? Like just for a minute? Did, have you thought to yourself like, man, I wouldn't have missed it. I, I would have known he was God. I would have recognized the miracles or I would have recognized what he said and I would have believed. Anybody ever thought that? Okay, two of us. That's awesome. Well, maybe we're weird. I don't know. But here's the thing. We're no different, right? Like, think about those people back then. Man, they were with God on earth. They saw miracles. They saw him do things. He claimed to be God. He, he was so amazing that he would do these miracles. Maybe these people witnessed these miracles and yet they still didn't believe. Maybe we would have believed when he raised somebody from the dead. Maybe not. Maybe we would have believed when he raised himself from the dead. And when he not only raised himself from the dead after he gave his life willingly, but he was on earth for 40 more days. Do you think those people would have believed then or we would have believed then? But then not only did he, he didn't die again, he ascended, right? He ascended and he said where he was going. In John 1, 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. Not only did people see him, but they were also told before he got here by John the Baptist, his cousin, that he's coming. The Messiah is coming. And then he shows up and he does these miracles and he does all these things and yet people still missed him. Do you think you would have listened to John the Baptist and believed ahead of time? Would you come and see truly who Jesus was? Let's continue reading who he was. In John 1, 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Jesus was the light of the world. He came into darkness, like we heard earlier. He was the light of men. He is the eternal light that came and when he came, the light came on. He became flesh. He was the creator of everything. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. That's who Jesus is. He his light is greater than darkness. His light is greater than sin. His light is greater than ignorance. It's greater than, than that who, who is in the world, which is Satan. And he's greater than death. Would you have recognized him? Not only did John the Baptist tell everyone he was coming, but all of Scripture from the beginning of Genesis pointed to Jesus' coming. 
and yet people missed him. Here's what happened. In John 1.10, it says, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The world did not know him. I, I guess it's kind of... It's kind of easier to say that the world didn't know him because I don't think the world was looking for him. Like the world was too busy, just like today, focused on things like yourself or possessions or power or prestige, not looking for God, not wanting God. So the world back then was no different. They missed him. But it wasn't just the world that didn't know him, his own people, the Jews, did not receive him. And they knew scripture. They studied scripture. They were told the Messiah would come all of their life. John the Baptist said he would come. So why didn't they receive him? How did they miss it? How did his own people miss it? How did they not see that Jesus was the Messiah? I believe Jesus' own people got too caught up in themselves and their doings. It became more about doing than really looking and seeking after the Lord, after God. They, they came focused inward rather than externally and, and, and listening to what the prophets had told them. John 1.12 says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. He desired for them to be his family. And those who did recognize him became his children. They, they became, he wanted to know them and, and they wanted to be known by him. Jesus not only was the way, he is the way. Jesus is the way to be a child of God today. He hasn't changed to be in his family, to be an heir of the kingdom of God. He's the way to be born again in spirit. He's the way to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. He's the way to be brought out of darkness and into his forever light. So John 1.14 goes on, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So my question is this. Will you come and see who Jesus is? Will you open your spiritual eyes to see today? We today can miss Jesus just like they did back then when he was flesh and dwelt among them. We have all of scripture now. We have the completed scripture. We know that he died for us. He rose again for us, for our sins. And yet people today still miss him just like when he was here on earth. Let me leave you with three simple points. Point one, Jesus came to show us who God is. 
Jesus came to show us who God is. He is God in the flesh, perfect in every way. He's the light of the world. That's who God is. That's who Jesus is. Jesus came to reveal the truth about what matters. He cares so much about us, you and me and all of mankind. We matter so much that he stepped out of the, his rightful position with God and became flesh. All, all because he loves you. Do you know that? He didn't have to do that. But he loves us so much he did that. So Jesus came to show us who God is. Jesus came to reveal the truth about what matters, which is you and I. That's why he did everything. And Jesus came to show us where we find hope. Jesus is the hope of mankind. He is the hope of mankind. He's your hope. He's your salvation. He's your life. He is the light of the world. You see, Jesus being fully God laid down his life on that cross. He did that for you. He paid the price for your sins because he knew no sin. He didn't, he didn't have to die that way. But on the third day, he rose again. Then he spent 40 days here on earth sharing why he did what he did. Proving that he was the resurrection and the life. Showing his disciples and everyone that would believe that he came and showing that he was God. He spent 40 days and then he went to be with his father. Now listen to what Jesus said to God the Father in John 17, 4. He said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Do you know how powerful this passage is? He's saying, I accomplished what you sent me to do, God the Father. And now I'm returning to you to my rightful position that I had with you before the world existed. I'm returning to you, to my rightful place. So what, what will you do with it? We can look at scripture and see what they did with Jesus when he was on earth. But Jesus is still alive and well, sitting at the right hand of the Father today. And you've got to decide what you're going to do with him. Do you believe him? But it's not just a matter of believing if he was God and he became flesh and he died for you. It's not just a matter of believing. It, it's actually receiving and embracing him and surrendering your very life to him. And submitting to him. Jesus is the true light. But there's instructions in Matthew that he had for us that talks about light. And so if you are a Christ follower, I want you to pay real close attention to this passage. Matthew 5, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, when we accept Christ and when we bring him into our life and we are, are submissive to him and he flows through us, his light shines through us. 
His light still shines. It just happens to shine through us. And he's saying, hey, I have something for you to do. Jesus is in us. He's the light of the world. We're to let our light shine or let his light shine through us, right? So where do you need to let your light shine? Maybe maybe at school. Maybe there's people at school that need to see the light of Jesus through you. Maybe at home. Maybe that's the place that that you're you kind of let it go and you're 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 not surrendering to him. Maybe work. Maybe you just need to let your light shine at work. Maybe sports. Maybe at the gym. Maybe with friends. All I know is he says, you're the light of the world. You're who is going to show people who Jesus is. His light through you. So how, how do you let your light shine? Well, it's real simple. You, you just serve others. What do I mean by that? It doesn't mean you actually have to, to do something. You just have to put others before yourself. Hold others of higher regard than yourself Give your time and your talents and your treasures. Give it away because God gave it to you in the first place. Be kind and truly care about people. Ask them how they're doing. And don't just ask and then start thinking of something else. Ask and listen and engage people so that in those conversations you can tell them who your Savior is, where your light comes from. Man, love people well. That, that's how we show our light. And then the last part, when you let your light shine, when you serve, give God the glory, give God the credit. It's about Him. You want people to see Him so that they can come to Him and they don't miss Him like the people of old did. So I want to encourage you. Man, give Him glory. Let his light shine through you. Walk as if you know he is God and he came in the flesh and he died for you. And and when I say that, I'm saying that to myself too. We sometimes get our priorities just a little out of whack. But when we read the gospel of John and he says who he is, and we got to do something with it. We're obligated. We have a choice. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus, you are who you say you are. You are God. You are light. You are life. You, you've always existed. You've always been. And so God, right now, thank you for loving us enough to send your son. Jesus, thank you for giving your life. Spirit, thank you for filling us up and abiding in us and teaching us and guiding us. My prayer is that if somebody has yet to understand Jesus, who you are, that today they would see you. They would know you. They would receive you. They would submit to you. And Lord, 
for those of us who walk with you, who abide in you, show us how to be that light of the world, how to let your light shine through us, how to bring people to Christ. Because all of eternity matters. The people next to us, the people we see every day, the people we care about, the people that we may not know yet. God, you love them. And you want us to be the salt and light for you. And we thank you for who you are, Jesus. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.